G'day, g'day, how you going? And welcome back to Over the Moon, the podcast where I talk to you about all things space-related, from theories of creation to new rocket designs. Today, we'll be taking, we'll be talking about the future missions to Mars. Mars is a planet with many missions in plan for it due to the fact that it's so interesting and we we wish to completely colonize it and create a self-sustaining colony on it. NASA themselves are investing on four missions to the Red Moon. The next mission that will be going to the Red Planet is the Perseverance rover. The Perseverance rover is a rover in the same design as the Curiosity rover, whereas in it has a big robotic arm. It's about rectangle with a big uh, camera head. Perseverance rover um, is um, one that I've already spoken about and I've already outlined the mission, so I won't be talking about it much. Um, The Perseverance rover is equipped with many high-tech cameras for observing the big red rock and looking for possible microbial life. Due to this being the main mission for Perseverance, it will be landing in the Jezero Crater, or Jezero, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. A large crater with a diameter of 49 kilometers, or 30 miles. It's thought to have once been flooded with water, giving it the highest chance out of all the places we know of for it to have had past life. The Perseverance rover has a sensor on its belly that will look underground to search for liquid water under the surface. Using its cameras, Perseverance will find rocks of interest. If these rocks need further examination, the Perseverance rover will place these rocks in basically a PVC tube, which it will then put down and will then be collected by a separate mission that is already in plan, just not greatly. Perseverance will also act as a sort of rideshare service. What I mean is that NASA is putting many tech demos on the rover to be sent to Mars. 
One of these is something I've already spoken about, known as the Moxie. The Moxie is a prototype oxygen generator, which acts as a mechanical tree, taking carbon dioxide and expelling oxygen. The second tech demo in the next mission is the Ingenuity Helicopter. The Ingenuity Helicopter is a helicopter designed to test the possibilities of flights on Mars. The Ingenuity Rover has two carbon fiber blades to give the helicopter lift, as a helicopter does. The reason for having two rather than one blade, like a regular helicopter, as in it's got four blades, two sets of blades, is that Mars has a very thin atmosphere. Due to this, flight will require a much la larger lift area to compensate for the lack of atmosphere. It'll need to be able to get much more wind than a regular helicopter will have to because it's so much harder to get wind. One of the most important parts of the Ingenuity helicopter is the body itself. Ingenuity's body is a small golden cube with a size of 14 centimeters or 5.5 inches. The body holds all of the instruments together and without it the helicopter would just be a bunch of parts on the floor. Due to the Ingenuity being a test flight, it will fly for a small amount of time with minimal scientific instruments. And the mission will only last for 30 days or a month. I believe that's an Earth, a, a Martian month. And the flights will only last a couple of minutes, which is still smashing um, how long the first um, human flight was on Earth, which was like 27 seconds. The first instrument is the solar panel. The solar panel is just a small panel placed above the helicopter blades. The solar panel is only about 20 centimeters or 8 inches long and 14 centimeters or 5.5 long. The solar panel supplies the Ingenuity helicopter with 350 watts of power, a very small amount, even less than what my computer uses, but still enough for that little helicopter. The second instrument is the antenna. Directly underneath the solar panel is the antenna, which will be used to transmit Ingenuity's science experiments and its flight telemetry and success. The antenna will not, however, go directly to NASA. The antenna will instead broadcast to the Perseverance rover. The Perseverance rover will then transmit, transmit this data not to NASA, but to many Mars orbiters already set in orbit around Mars, which will then finally send the data back to Earth using NASA's DSN or Deep Space Network. The third instrument is the avionics system, probably one of the most important pieces. All the pieces are really pretty important. It's The avionics system is so important because it is the literal brains of the Ingenuity helicopter. The it's housed, housed in the main body of the helicopter and will map the path of ingenuity along with controlling all of the instruments on board. The fourth instrument is the sensor and camera instrument. The sensor and camera instrument are a set of cameras and sensors that will tell the avionic system the speed of the helicopter along with what direction it is going in. This part's also very important. See what I'm saying? They're all super important. If You, you couldn't do it without any of them. Except the antenna. You could probably do without that one. But it's still very important for the mission. The fifth and final instrument is the batteries. 
The Ingenuity helicopter, as I already said, runs on a 350-watt lithium-ion battery, providing, providing barely enough charge for a 90-second flight. The third mission set in place is the Mars Sample Return mission. The Mars Sample Return mission is a mission set in place to collect the rock tubes laid out by Perseverance. The mission is currently at its base route, so I'm just going to outline the basic idea. In 2026, both an orbiter and a lander carrying a rover will be sent to Mars. The orbiter will be placed in an orbit or above the Jezero crater, while the lander will land. What a big surprise that one was. The lander may also, will also be carrying a rover. It'll kind of be like the Pathfinder Sojourner mission. Like the lander will have a rover, and then the rover will exit the lander. The rover will pick up the tubes full of rocks, and then get in the lander. Lander will also act as an ascent vehicle, and in 2031, 2031, 11 years into the future, the mission will finally end, after, and it will end with returning some rocks back to Earth. Five years to return some rocks. You know, at this point, um, NASA plans on having humans on Mars for a year. Elon Musk plans on having humans there for almost two decades. Um, so this is a really long mission for something that's not that hard. And the final planned mission f to Mars is known as the ExoMars rover. The ExoMars rover is a rover that will be sent to Mars in collaboration between ESA and Roscosmos. NASA themselves aren't actively supporting the mission, you know, they really have nothing to do with it, but they have been giving technical support and some pieces. The rover is also known as Rosalind Franklin, and their landing module is known as the Kazachok, I believe is how it's pronounced. I don't know. It's Russian. Roscosmos, by the way, is the Russian space, um, the Russian space program. I probably should have already said that. And ESA is the European Space Agency. Mm. Um, the Kazachok, which will both land, which will land the rover, it will will also work um, to help conduct science experiments on the ExoMars rover. In forms of this rover, not much is known apart from what NASA is helping with. So NASA themselves will be supplying the rover with something known as the MoMA, or Mars Organic Molecule Analyzer. The MoMA will be used to study the organic molecules on the Mars in, in the Martian surface, I should say, to find if life truly has ever existed anywhere apart from this Earth. In conclusion, there's a lot in store for Mars' future, not just from NASA, but also from ESA, Roscosmos, and the Chinese. What's that? In today's section of What's That, we will be answering the question of what are Saturn's rings made of? If you know the base amount of information about our planets, you will know of the existence of Saturn's rings. You may not, however, know what Saturn's rings are made of. Saturn's rings are very large and fairly thick, and I believe with a telescope not too big, maybe like 15 inches, you can even see them from Earth. Unlike Uranus's rings, which are barely even visible, even like right up next to it. 
Saturn's rings are made up of a large conglomeration of space debris. The rings are mainly, mainly made up of ice, but they also have larger rocks and pieces of dust from broken up meteorites. You may also wonder, why don't any other planets have rings? Saturn has rings, and Uranus has rings, but Saturn has way more rings than Uranus, and as far as I know, no other planets actually have any rings. So why is this? This reason is the same as to why Saturn has so many moons. Due to Saturn's large size, it has a much stronger gravitational pull. Um, so it can pull in lots and lots of rocks. And Uranus has a much weaker um, gravitational pull, so it's got a much thinner um, ring. But it still has a much stronger than average um, gravitational pull. In conclusion, Saturn's rings are made up of mostly ice. And it has these rings because it's just so big. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Over the Moon. If you did, hit like and subscribe to stay tuned for more in for more episodes with the next episode being on the Hubble Space Telescope. Bye.